as I mentioned last week, we came out of our Image Bearers series. And uh, last week, we talked a lot about the idea of community and togetherness, right? We talked about how important it is that we are to be unified. We might be diverse, we might be different, but we are to ultimately be one. And one of the interesting metaphors that we see in the New Testament from the Apostle Paul when he talks about that is this idea of the body, right? He uses this as an analogy. In other words, each one of us, we have a singular body, but there are many different parts and pieces. There are different roles. There are different functions in order for us to operate the way that we need to, yet we are one being heading in the same direction in our bodies. And so he likens that to the church, to the kingdom of God. And he says, although we are many different members and we have different functions, different strengths, different roles, we are ultimately to be one in mission. We are to move together as one. And, and within this metaphor of the body, one of the things that we will almost always see Paul bring about is the topic that we're going to dig into today, which is spiritual gifts. Anytime as you read through the New Testament and Paul talks about the body of Christ, you will almost always see this topic rise to the surface. And so I want to dig in a little bit, maybe understand what we can about this topic so we can grow in knowledge and potentially walk in these the way that we ought to. Now, here's the thing. Um, when we talk about spiritual gifts, this can be sometimes a tricky topic to teach on because there are many different people that have many different perspectives on this subject, okay? Um, there are some people that hear spiritual gifts and they read it in scripture and immediately they're going, that's weird, okay? That's really odd. I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with this. In fact, they maybe have even seen spiritual gifts misused in a way that is damaging for people. And, and so understandably, they're a little bit hesitant with this, right? There's, there's a group that falls in that category. Um, there's a group that would say, these are no longer even applicable for us, okay? Those things, they stopped with the apostles. This is no longer relevant for us in our day, in our age. So there's that group. But I think maybe the biggest group is a group that would just say, I don't fully understand what this is about. Like, why is this even in scripture? What are we talking about? What is the purpose behind these things? And so regardless of which group you fall in, I just want to humbly enter into scripture, see what we can take from these things, and ultimately apply them to our lives and our perspectives. So we are going to start in Romans chapter 12. So you can pull that up on your phones, on your Bibles. And we're going to start at the very top of this chapter. And the reason that I like to start here is because before Paul even gets into specifics around this topic, he's going to lay out some really important things right out of the gate, okay? It's going to give us a nice foundation to actually see these things through. And so we're going to begin in verse 1. So follow along with me. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's stop there 
for a moment. I love that Paul begins this way because, again, before he even mentions spiritual gifts, the first thing that he's going to say is, hey, this is who we are. We are a living sacrifice unto God. In other words, it's, it's about him, it's from him, it's through him, it's to him. It is all surrounded around him and his will, which is good, acceptable, and perfect, okay? So before he gets into spiritual gifts, he, he makes us understand this is the lens that we have to look through. We are living sacrifices to see his will come to pass. So let's pick back up in verse 4. And this is really where he's going to dig into this subject. He says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That would be a good place to highlight, underline, circle. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So he begins to give us a bit of a, a bigger picture of what he's talking about, some of the specifics that we need to be aware of. And so here's where I want to begin. I want to have a, a kind of working definition of what this topic ultimately is. And so if you're taking notes, I would write this down or take a screenshot of this. But here is our definition. Spiritual gifts are given to each of us by grace through the Holy Spirit for the building up of the church, Amen. okay? So let me say that again and just continue to allow that to soak in. Spiritual gifts are given to each of us by grace through the Holy Spirit for the building up of the church. Now, the reason that I wanna start with this is because I need us to understand how simple this truly is, okay? Over the course of church history, we will see that, that the waters have been muddied that this thing has been misunderstood, misused at times, and we need to simplify it, okay? It's given to each of us by grace through the Holy Spirit for the building up of the church. It's that simple. And we will see each one of these components in almost every single scripture as it relates to spiritual gifts. It's very, very consistent. But before we dig into that, let me talk about each piece of that definition so we can get the full picture, okay? So, so we started by saying they're given to each of us by grace. Now, the reason that's important to call out is that word grace. And we talk about this often, but, but what we're talking about is unmerited favor. We're talking about we don't deserve it, we haven't earned it, and yet we are able to freely receive it. That's why these are called spiritual gifts, because they are given by grace. In other words, this is not something we earn this is not something we work for. It's not like we reach a, a certain level of spirituality and all of a sudden we get all of these gifts. No, they, they are free gifts from God because of his goodness and his love for his people, okay? So we have to start there. Next, we said, it's through the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, the reason we need to understand this is because we always have to point back to the source, Okay? When we talk about this, we always have to remember he is the source. In other words, he's the one doing the work. It's his power. It's his wisdom working through us. Okay? 
Now, this is important because whenever we talk about, whenever we teach about, whenever we walk in spiritual gifts, we must always do it in a very, very humble way. This, this must have a ton of humility applied to it. There's no pride. There's no boasting. We must always understand it's him who is at work. We are simply his sacrifices, okay? Which then leads to that final piece, which is the building up of the church. In other words, there, there is a purpose for these things. They exist for a reason. It's not just some random topic thrown into the New Testament. They exist for a reason. And it's this piece that I really wanna dig into for the rest of our time today. Now, I'm gonna hop around quite a bit from scripture to scripture, much more than I typically would. But I wanna call out some pieces and parts that I think we very much need to understand as it relates to this topic. So please follow along with me closely. And we're gonna begin in Romans chapter one. So you can go there real quick. But this is the first place that this topic is actually brought about in, in the New Testament in, a, in an overt way. In other words, if you were looking through the New Testament, the first time we see the phrase spiritual gifts would exist right here, okay? So Romans chapter one, verse 11, Paul is writing to the church in Rome. He says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Now, again, if you're reading through the New Testament for the very first time, okay, so, so you don't know what it's about to say, you have no idea what's coming, this is the first place you see this phrase, spiritual gifts, which means the very first thing you understand about it is that it's about strengthening and encouraging one another, this is the baseline of the purpose. It's strengthening and encouraging one another. We have to remind ourselves over and over again that this is what it's about. In other words, it's not a, a scary, creepy thing. That's not what it is. Um, it's also not about condemning or calling people out on their stuff. That's not what it's about. It's to strengthen and to encourage one another. That's why they exist. And again, we will see this very consistently as we read through the New Testament. And let me show you a few of the other places we see this. So let's go to Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to start in verse seven. This is once again, the apostle Paul, he's now writing to the church in Ephesus. And he starts by saying this, but to each one of us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Okay, so we've received grace. We know that, but why? What is the purpose for this? So let's fast forward to verse 15. Here's where he shows us. He says, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, here it is, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love, okay? So we, we had this in our definition, but here is the purpose. It's for the building up of the body of Christ. This is why spiritual gifts ultimately exist. And in fact, in this particular scripture, it says for the building up of itself in love. In other words, the body is actually responsible according to what each part brings for building itself up. What does that mean? That means it's my job to build you up. That means it's your job to build me up. 
It's our job to build one another up. That's what spiritual gifts are there for, so that the body can be strengthened and encouraged and built up. We, we see this very clearly in 1 Corinthians 12 as well. Many people would call this the spiritual gifts chapter because Paul really digs in at this point. But he begins this chapter by saying, okay, let's talk about this spiritual gift thing, okay? I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant of this, so let's discuss this. And so we pick up in verse four. He says this, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Now, now there are several things we really need to pull out for our understanding, and we'll start with this. In our definition, we called out that it's through the Holy Spirit, right? He is the source. And, and Paul talks about this in a pretty redundant way in this set of scriptures. He says, through the Spirit, according to the Spirit, by one and the same Spirit, we see it over and over. He's pointing back to the source. In fact, he ends it by saying, who apportions to each one individually as he wills, right? So it's about him, it's from him, it's through him, and we're gonna continue to be pointed in that direction. But let's go to verse seven because I think this is a really important one that's gonna help us lay out the right perspective. This is what we read. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Now that is one scripture that's just kind of thrown in there. You might read past it normally, but there are two huge implications here as it relates to this concept. And the first one is this, it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit. In other words, spiritual gifts are given to each one of us. They're given to each one of us. We saw the same thing in Ephesians 4. He says, but to each one of us, grace has been given. Later, he says, according to the proper working of each individual part. In 1 Corinthians 12, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. This is how we see this working itself out. So if you are a child of God and dwell by the Holy Spirit, you are given gifts for the building up of the body. That's how this works. Okay, that, that's, that's how the body operates. It needs each individual part. If somebody's not playing their part, if somebody's not fulfilling their role, we're weak somewhere. We're not being built up. We're not being strengthened in the way that we ought to. We need every single person to understand you are equipped, you are empowered to build up the body of Christ. We need you, we need you, okay? That's what he's saying. Here's the second implication. He says, for the common good. He brings us right back to the purpose. He's gonna show us spiritual gifts are given for the common good. And in fact, we could just lay that out as kind of the title of this entire thing. What are spiritual gifts for? What are spiritual gifts about? For the common good. They're good, they're good, they're good. Like he's trying to nail this within us. 
And in fact, if you, if you read through the New Testament trying to study spiritual gifts, it will not let you get away from this purpose. Like over and over again, it's to encourage, it's to strengthen, it's to build up, it's for the good. He's trying to get us to see this for what it truly is. In fact, that word good, we see that in another scripture as it relates to this topic. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 10. So now we have Peter writing on this subject, so it's not just Paul. And this is what he says. As each has received a gift, use it, again, highlight, underline, circle that, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now, did you see each one of our components in there? Just in that one scripture, he says, each has received through God's grace to serve and build up one another. So there's so much consistency within this topic. But what I love about what Peter has said here is he has said, if you are a good steward of the grace of God, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna use those gifts to serve one another. You're gonna use those gifts to build up one another. That's what a good steward does with the things that God has given them. I love, I love that concept. But then this is what he goes on to say. This is the next verse. Verse 11, he says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So Peter now is gonna point us back to the source. This is about God. This is about him. It's, a, it's about his glory. But here's what I love about this scripture. I feel like he does a really good job of just simplifying this topic for us. So let me explain this very quickly. He calls out two things. He calls out those who speak and those who serve. Those are kind of the two categories that he throws out there. In other words, spiritual gifts can be done in word and in action. Okay, that's, that's very, very simple. So for just a moment, if we could just like get the categories of gifts out of our head, in fact, all the different titles that are applied, just get them out of our head. Let's start from scratch. Here's where we would begin. If God leads you to serve someone in a way that builds up their faith, that's a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit is, is working through you to build somebody's faith. That's a gift. Likewise, if, if God leads you to speak to somebody in a way that encourages them, and if he leads you to speak to somebody in a way that, that strengthens their faith, that's a spiritual gift. He's working through you to build up the body of Christ. Again, so often we overcomplicate things. We make it this really complex thing and then we end up twisting it into what it ought not be. It's really, really simple. The spirit wants to work through us in a way that strengthens other people. He wants to work through us in a way that encourages them throughout their life and their ministry, in a way that builds up the body of Christ. And this is what spiritual gifts are given for. This is what they're about. Now, here's what I think is really awesome about this, okay? I, I really love this. The, the idea that spiritual gifts are about encouragement, uplifting, they're, they're about good. The interesting thing is that really that so often goes counter to our natural desires, and in fact, isn't that often how the Holy Spirit works? Because far too often, even for the best of us, like the most optimistic, the most upbeat people, far too often, our nature is to tear people down. Our nature is to criticize. Our nature is to make fun of. That is really, really easy for us. That comes very naturally. 
But again, the working of the Spirit is different. It's the opposite of that. In fact, maybe it would remind us of the scripture we read earlier. Do not be conformed to this world, right? I'm up to something different. There's something different going on that I want you to be a part of. In fact, I read this quote the other day that I thought was very applicable. It said, for human beings, the path of least resistance leads to grumbling and criticism and gossip. In other words, that's really easy for us. But the gate is narrow and the way is difficult, which leads to edification and the strengthening of others. Like to just step out and encourage somebody and to lift them up, to make it about them, is actually really difficult for us in many ways. So spiritual gifts in many ways go against our nature in the best of ways, right? It's trying to align us with the the likeness of Christ. And this is part of the reason why we so often get this really twisted. It's the reason why we get really confused here because think about this, okay, Follow, follow me here. If we had a true unwavering desire to build up the people around us, a true unwavering desire to do that, we would have absolutely zero issue with spiritual gifts. Zero issue. But again, many times we get it twisted with our natural perspective, right? Like, let me give you an example. We read about tongues and interpretation in the New Testament. And immediately we're like, what is that, right? That, that's really odd. That's weird for me. Hard pass. I don't want anything to do with that, right? And then it's like, well, actually, the word that came forth from that saved somebody's life. Like it gave them the strength to make it another day. It gave them the wisdom to make it another year and and to get on course with God. It it did this amazing thing in their life. Ah, no, 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 that's too weird for me. I don't want any part. You understand what I'm saying? Like if we were truly about building one another up from all angles, we would have zero issue with this. And in fact, the next time something like that happens, Instead of feeling that awkwardness or that fear or that hesitation, what we ought to be thinking is, man, I'm excited. Somebody's being encouraged right now. Like Somebody's being strengthened. We would rejoice in it because the body of Christ is being built up through the beauty of the spirit. We have to change our perspective from all those weird spiritual gift things to, to simply this. How could I encourage somebody? Like, Holy Spirit, help me strengthen somebody. Help me build somebody up in their faith. That should be our perspective and our focus. And this is what spiritual gifts are given for. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not twist it. Let's read scripture and understand what this is ultimately about. Now, there's one very important component that we also have to touch on. And so if we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, again, the the spiritual gifts chapter, right? we're gonna see a really exhaustive amount of information on this topic, okay? Paul's gonna lay it out for us. He's gonna tell of the many different gifts, at least according to his understanding, right? But then we turn to the very next chapter and this is where we really see the true foundation of spiritual gifts. He goes on and on. Here are the gifts. This is what they're about. But then we turn the page. This is what we read starting in verse one. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
This is the last, maybe the most important piece. Love must be the foundation. Love must be the foundation. If we are gonna enter into these things the way that we ought to, if we are gonna exercise them in the way that they are supposed to be exercised, this must be the foundation from a place of love. In fact, if it's not of love, these things are rendered useless. We shouldn't touch them. We shouldn't walk in them if it's not from a place of love. In fact, we read this earlier. Um, Ephesians 4.16, he says, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we're continue, continuously pointed back to this foundation. Now, here's what I take from this, okay? Just from a logical, uh, applicable understanding of this, here's what I take from it. If one of my gifts is teaching, if that's how the Holy Spirit has gifted me and how he wants to work through me, then I am going to teach with a heart of love and compassion for the people in the audience. Every single time, without fail, I will do it from a place of love. If one of my gifts is service, then I will faithfully serve all of my days with a heart of love and compassion for the recipients. My intent, my motive will always be love. If one of my gifts is prophecy, I will humbly and I will lovingly lay what God has for them at their feet and allow him to do the rest. I'm gonna do it from a place of love. That's how this works. We have to understand this is not a selfish endeavor. This is not a boastful endeavor, although we make it that a lot of times. This is a loving endeavor meant for the common good and the building up of the body of Christ. We do ourselves a great disservice when we complicate it, when we make it about other things. These are beautiful gifts by God's grace to serve one another and to build one another up. This is what they're about, and this is what we must be given to. Please stand with me. Now, as I said at the beginning, I know that there are many different people with many different perspectives on this topic, okay? And let me just remind you of what I said last week. Whenever we disagree on something, whenever we don't see eye to eye, that, that cannot lead to division. That cannot lead to division. We can look each other in the eye, say we disagree, and yet link arms together for the mission of Jesus Christ, okay? So let's not get this twisted. Let's not be dogmatic about this, okay? But my belief, according to scripture and what I read, is, is that this is something we should desire. We should desire spiritual gifts. And if you just think about it at the ground level, man, why would I not want to encourage other people? You know what I mean? Why would I not want to strengthen them? Why would I not want to build other people up? That should absolutely be my perspective as a child of God. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul says this, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. In other words, this is something we should seek after. We should want these things for the building up of the kingdom of God. Again, let's not get it twisted. Let's try to work our way through the misunderstanding and ensure that we're given to the right things. Now, here is one of the reasons we're teaching on this, this particular Sunday. And that is um, in a few weeks, we have an exciting thing that we're gonna offer up to you guys starting on July 16th. Um, so that's Saturday morning at 10 a.m. For the first time, we are gonna have some basic training on the prophetic ministry, okay? So we've got some 
uh, awesome curriculum for you guys that, that we want you to be a part of. Here's, here's all I'm asking, okay? I'm asking you to, to consider this. I'm just asking you to consider it, to, to be a part of it, and see how you might be able to grow through it, okay? If, if you have experience in this particular area, um, maybe you feel like you have the gift of prophecy and you want to know more about it, or you're just curious about spiritual gifts to begin with, right? This Again, this is very basic training. It's very foundational. So we want you to come and be a part of this. Here's the thing, guys. As we move forward in this mission, we've got a big vision. We've got big plans ahead of us. We've got a lot of lives to change. So listen, we're going to need a lot of encouragement. We're going to need a lot of strength a lot of building up. So I love that we're walking in these things now so that we can create this culture. We're gonna come alongside. I'm gonna encourage. I'm gonna build you up. I'm gonna look past the division and make sure we're doing this together. And this is a beautiful way we can do that. So listen, if you are interested in this class, and again, I'm begging you to consider this, you can go onto our website on our events page. It's out there. You can go on the new app that Pastor Steve drilled into your minds. You can sign up there. It's one of our seasonal classes. Or just tell somebody here today. Just tell somebody in guest services. Let somebody know, I want to be a part of this. We'll make sure that you are on the list. I think this is going to be so beautiful for our community. I really, really do, guys. Let's be a place that encourages. Let's be a place that builds one another up, not tears one another down. Let's be about this so we can accomplish the mission he has for us.